Everybody else does a service to the artist. The artist pays and compensates everything. Everybody else is on a service base. So by the time you spent 20, 25,000 to make sure everybody else straight, ain't nobody paying you. You gotta wait quarters for streaming. And we all know how that look, you feel me? So it's like the artist takes on all the burden most of the time. We just crossed over 100 episodes of No Labels Necessary podcast. And now we're reflecting back on some of our favorite episodes and the parts that you might have missed that you shouldn't. So in this episode, we want to reflect back on five truths we found in LaRussell's episode. Shout out to LaRussell, by the way. He just released another Proud to Pay album called Family Business. Check it out. But let's get into the first truth that you can't miss. And niggas don't understand. The artist pays everybody for everything, right? Like everybody else does a service to the artist. The artist pays and compensates everything. Everybody else is on a service base. So by the time you spent 20, 25,000 to make sure everybody else straight, ain't nobody paying you. You gotta wait quarters for streaming. And we all know how that look, you feel me? So it's like, the artist takes on all the burden most of the time. Like I've spent more money than any collaborator I know. All right, big truth for the artists who are moving independently, and this is just a part of that game mm -hmm. that I think people should be prepared for. This should be an expectation. I think some artists complain, right, that this is happening, but when you are independent and you're truly considering yourself a business, right, this entire operation, you are that CEO role, you are that founder, and you are paying out others before you eat. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it goes, and I think we do a bad job of helping artists understand that aspect. It's more, hey, everybody's eating from me from a negative standpoint, but if you repurpose it into the sense of a business, no, you're feeding everybody, mm -hmm. right? And that's a part of your responsibility if you want to buy people's time, right? If you want to get people to build your business and build your dream, that's just a part of the game. Yeah, you also have to look at it from the, the service provider's perspective. Right, like I was just having this conversation with Ars, so I was saying like the business people in music get paid quicker because we're providing a service. There's immediate value for the thing that I do. You give me three thousand dollars, I run ads. Next day, we see the ad out there. Right, there's immediate value, but your upside as an artist is much higher than my upside. Right, like you can pay me five thousand dollars that creates a moment. For you to at least you getting a hundred thousand dollar deal or brand deal or something down the table, right? You're not coming back and cutting me a check as you shouldn't, right? Like service providers don't um, typically expect like a cut of what was generated through that service, but that's the perspective that most service providers uh, approach it as is like, hey, like I'm providing you with a really high chance for upside with very little to no um, chance that you will come back and reimburse me in any way for doing that, and I'm fine with that. And there's an immediate value in the thing that I am providing for you. So it's not like, you know, you got to wait to see it. It's like, no, if you pay a publicist in a week or two, you start seeing articles. You pay a marketer in a day or two, you start seeing ads and, and influences go up, right? So it's like, I, I can justify why the, the money should be paid now. You know, right. right? No different than any business, bro. Like a t-shirt brand wouldn't expect the, a vendor to, to make their, their product for free, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you're going to pay me to make it, and then you're going to go do with it. With, I'm going to make this hoodie for you for 20 and you're going to sell it for 150 and everybody happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. 
to me, like going high quantity, you're really building a muscle at that point, right? And once you got the muscle, you can be selective. But a lot of people being selective, they don't have the muscle. Exactly. And that's the thing, like, my thing is I always have it. So whether I share it or not, doesn't matter because I have enough. I'd rather have more than I need than not have what I need at all. You feel me? So I'm always okay with us ending with a hundred. And it's like, all right, now we can narrow it down. But I mean, that's one of my favorite things to remind people that you can do quantity and quality and quantity is the best way to get to quality at a high quantity, mm -hmm. right? You have to build the muscle of being able to post the habit of being able to post. And then you should be able to use that frequency to more quickly learn what works for you, what doesn't work for you, et cetera. Right. And then not only are you going to learn faster, but then you're going to build your platform faster. And at some point you can drop less content and have just as much of an impact because you actually have a platform at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Cause I look at it like quantity is where you build the muscle quality is where you build the eye. Right. The eye is, is vague, is, is broad. It's a hard, a hard thing to explain to people. You have to kind of just like see it and see what people are responding to to build like whatever your version of the eye is for, for your audience. So that comes through paying attention to what people react to. But to your point, the only way that you can get enough information of what people are reacting to is to post a lot. In advance. So that being said, you talk about industry. Like, how do you view the industry personally? Um, as the industry, um, the industry is everything you've heard about since you was a kid <laughs> and more. Everything that you think exists about the industry exists. It's true. You feel me? It's not vague. It's really true on the good and the bad side. Like all the good shit, the crazy shit they do, it's like, oh, they took this platinum by doing this, this, that. That's true. All the other shit, too, about niggas going crazy and having to deal with. Man, I just found out that nigga Prince signed away his birth name. You know how crazy that is for a nigga to say, I want to do business with you. I need your birth name. What, what kind of nigga take your birth name? A nasty nigga. Like, that's insane. I want to do business. <laughs> Yet another truth. Yeah, man. Hey, the, the, the industry come with good and bad, man. I don't know how much of our audience that watches us is aspiring to be in the industry. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I would, if I had to put a number, I feel like it's at least 60%. Um, yeah, no, that shit crazy. That shit crazy. Now, I, I think there's a blueprint of people like La Russell, um, us until recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that show that, hey, there is a way to kind of work around the industry and you can still find moderate to a lot of success. But yeah, the moment you decide to traverse that traditional path and go through the industry, yeah, shit get crazy. So I, I'm going to push back on your, your point. <laughs> so there are plenty of people who have a blueprint of not having to fall prey to the industry or just go the traditional in industry route where your entire career is built off of the industry. Yeah, right. Yeah. The Russell's done what he's done before the Russell. You had Russ, right, who built independently and then did some deals. Right. But he still has Russ's leverage. Yeah. Right. Nipsey yeah. Hupsey, <laughs> Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle. Right. Built independently, but still had leverage in how he dealt with the music industry. Right. And I think that's the more important part. And that's what we still have ourselves. Right. Yeah. We built our careers. Right. Dealing with independent artists, building our platform, helping more and more artists, whether they were signed or not. Right. And now 
you know, you are working with a label, right? I'm consulting. That's a way, way different. I'm a whole other thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm mean, just gonna throw it out there, bro. Crazy, bro. Goddamn. But the point is, you still have leverage where your entire career is independent on that level. That label, you would not have the same tolerance as others who just have that label to depend on. Oh yeah, my patience is thin there because I know anytime I like, I can just walk out this bitch and be all right. You know what I'm saying? And it takes a lot to get to that point, to your point. You know what I'm saying? You got to, yeah, you got to have the infrastructure. And even, I mean, I think the, what we consider the industry, right, is is so different today. I think label people still look at it as the higher ups in different companies and, and organizations. I don't know, man. I think the industry is different. Like, like if I network with five high profile platforms and, and, I, I make my own connections at Spotify. Like I'm still in the, I'm still moving in the industry. Okay. You know what I'm just not in the traditional way. So this is the thing that becomes unavoidable with success and longevity, mm-hmm. right? You build a network of friends and allies and just associates. And over time, if y'all continue to be successful, y'all become the become industry. Here, exactly. You look around and be like, wait, people think I'm the industry? Yeah. I still don't see myself <laughs> as, you know, I'm just a, a dude who do what I do. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't get into everybody else's business, yeah. right? And I think that's something that is more important on a professional side to understand. We hear on the artist side, there's not enough professionals to understand that you can enter, right, independently, stay independently. You don't need a label to build your career. You don't have to... Um, just try to situation to exploit and hop along and attach yourself to a big artist just to pretend like you know mm-hmm. you're doing something and also subject subject yourself to a lot of things just to be in that position mm-hmm. just to finally have a career right build independently move independently but if you are dope enough right and you can t- you're going to be found and come in contact with dope people who will also recognize your dope and over time right Everything will fade away. You'll see who's there, and y'all will be a sense of new industry. It's going to be a bubble, maybe, right? But you will become industry without having to fall prey to that side that Russell's uh, alluded to. All right, so I want to give a reminder that being independent is not just about not being signed to a label. It's actually making money without being signed to a label, being able to have a sustainable career. And for those of y'all who actually want to be able to make money from your fan base, you're serious about figuring out how to monetize. I have a free video that you can check out. I don't need your email. I don't need your phone number. I don't need any information. All you have to do is go to www.nolabelsnecessary.com slash monetize. And I'm going to show you the lies that artists have been told that have been keeping them, probably you too, from monetizing your fan base and how shifting that perspective has allowed one artist we're working with to be on track to make over $500,000 this year. This is a different era. Don't fall for that trap saying artists can't make money. Artists do not have to be broke. So if you want to escape that trap, go to www.nolabelsnecessary.com slash monetize. You do have to make sure you put the www in the beginning when you type it in your URL and watch this free video again. You're not going to be asked to put in your email. You're not going to be asked for your phone number, but it won't be up forever. Check it out. To me, to actually be able to turn down deals, I'm sure you've had some deals that were relatively good sums of money, right? But to turn it down, that means you have to have a vision, all right? You have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in whatever you're building. 
What are you building? Disneyland. <laughs> I mean, the, that's the that's the best way to put it. You feel me? Disneyland. When you go into Disneyland, everything you see, feel, touch, buy, express, like, that's how this shit feels from people when they come in here. And it's only getting bigger. That's what we scaling. We build a Disneyland. People becoming familiar with the characters. They know who Tietta is. They know Splashy. They know Millie, you know. They know Chow. They, that's that's all the characters when you go to Disney and people want to take their pictures. Like, we're building that type of infrastructure. So there's two really big sides of this. One, the question I asked was really important for me because I think it is something that every artist who wants to be it, no, every person who's trying to do something great and finds themselves in situations where there's other options, they are only able to think through and not fall prey to some of these options like a horrible record deal because they can see a better out, way out. Mm -hmm. They can see a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a vision, right, and you see how clearly and quickly LaRussell was able to say Disneyland, right? He had a North Star. And of course, it's not Disneyland in the traditional sense. It's his version of D Disneyland, right? You're only able to not go off track when you have a vision to keep you on track, mm -hmm. right? And realize, oh, yeah, this, yeah, they want me to do X, Y, and Z, but that doesn't add up to where I want to go. Right. Or that detracts from the story that I want to tell. Right. Or I need to do these things like build the characters in my story. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the characters are the world that I'm building. What I'm building is bigger than just me. It's Disneyland. I might be Mickey Mouse, but the power of Disneyland is there's more than just him. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Because I think, too, it shows experience. I think it's hard for an artist to have vision without having experience. Right. Because to your point. You don't know what you don't know. Like you don't know what a better situation looks like if you haven't had the conversations or garnered the information to to kind of help you see that. So that's what I, I got out of that in real time. Listening to him say it was like, oh, okay, cool. Like you have the vision, you have this bigger goal that you're working towards, but that vision sounds like it's been shaped by experiences. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like whatever you've kind of gone through, and I think that's a part, a, a really critical part that a lot of artists either miss or try to skip over, right? Like we all want to kind of skip the bad experiences and go straight to the good. But hearing him say that in context and hearing what you say, it's like sometimes that experience that you think is good is only good because you don't have any other experience. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a warped view of what a good situation looks like. And then you get a year, three, five, 10 years into your career and you get new experiences with shapes your perspective and then you're mm -hmm. able to look back and maybe truly say like oh yeah I'm, I, that was a great decision for me um which you ha we have heard from artists then a lot of times we hear from artists they look back with a new perspective like damn i fucked myself up you know what i'm saying like i i, I ruined the situation or I, I killed off my bigger vision that i i now have and or, or am trying to build towards I, it makes me think all right it kind of makes me think of that saying, a man who stands for nothing will fall for anything, mm -hmm. right? Because again, that's your vision, standing for something, yeah, you yeah. know? But if you don't have that, anything that pops up looks good. Yeah. And you don't understand the domino effect it could have on that one thing, right? Well, because the one thing doesn't exist. Yeah. Like I always say distractions need focus to exist, right? If you're not supposed to be focused on anything, what are you really being distracted from? It's just another thing, right? So... 
like the Russell, I think what I love about him the most is uh, a vision. Because we also talk to a lot of artists that don't have a vision. Yes, but right. And you're, like, <laughs> but you're the artist. Need you to have the vision. You, right? The entrepreneur, whatever. He's a great entrepreneur story. I think that's building up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you should have the vision because you should be leading, right? As everybody else follows us as marketers or us as music execs or partners or whatever, you know, who falls in in line with you. People can add and sauce up your vision, add, but you have to still be like the driver, the engine that people are pulling from or even more importantly, being inspired by. Yeah, exactly. Like Others should be there to to either strengthen or give you the proper tools to make the vision happen. They shouldn't be there to build a vision for you. That's a fact. That's a fact. And that ends our reflection on the, some of the top truths we found in La Russell's interview. Make sure you watch the full interview. We'll put it below and somewhere in the side section because there's a lot more. We just got to, you know, stop because the, the, the battery's about to die. <laughs> Keep watching. Peace. <laughs> wow. What's up? It's Brand Man Sean. And if you like this clip, you can listen to the full episode on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you stream your podcasts. But if you want to keep watching, We've placed a video that will be so useful for you conveniently above. Go ahead and click that link.